This is Crossroads with Clayton King. One of the most searched topics on internet search engines by Christians is spiritual warfare. In this message, I talk about what it means to stand firm in the face of demonic opposition, as well as what it means to stand firm in the face of everyday life. This will encourage you to not give an inch to the enemy. Hopefully you'll also learn why Satan hates you so much. Hey, and here's the reason, because you're made in the image of God. So Ephesians chapter six is the text. The message is called Stand Firm. I hope this will be very helpful for you in your walk with Christ. We're gonna be in Ephesians chapter six. Go ahead and turn there if you have a Bible. Verses 10 through 20. This is a message called Stand Firm. Let's establish something before we read these verses in Ephesians 6. Not only is the devil real, but he hates you. Why does the devil hate all of us? One simple reason, because we are made in the image of his arch enemy, God. God and Satan are enemies. They are not equal. Let's establish that. God and the devil are enemies, but they are not equal. God is supreme. God is superior. God is stronger. God is victorious. And that's why we can stand firm as the people of God. So this is our outward facing posture towards the enemy. We stand firm. And in these verses, verses 10 through 20, we're going to see stand and strong mentioned six times in 10 verses. That means it's really important. In this series, we've talked about sit, walk, and stand. These words that come straight from Ephesians. We sit and receive an unshakable identity. We walk in unity and we stand in victory. It's who we are, it's what we do. We sit and we receive an unshakable identity, who we are in Christ. We walk in unity, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, back to back, hand in hand, in unity as the people of God, and we stand in victory. Here we are, the final chapter of Ephesians, and we're gonna learn how to stand firm. Satan wants to take ground inch by inch. When you study human history, you see the way tyrants take over nations. They push a little bit, and if people don't stand up to a tyrant, if they take one inch and you don't resist, next time they take two inches. If you don't resist, the next time they take six inches. And if you don't resist, before you know it, you've got Hitler and Nazi Germany and World War II. This is how tyrants take ground. They push inch by inch. But God tells us as the people of God that we can stand firm and there is a way to do that biblically that doesn't put the onus of responsibility on our shoulders, but it simply liberates us to stand in the victory of Christ. Ephesians chapter six, uh, verses 10 through 20. At the end of his letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul is locked up in a prison cell He's chained, literally chained to a Roman soldier. And he's looking at this Roman soldier that he's chained to and he sees his his outfitting in Roman armor. And Paul being a great preacher, a great communicator, looks at all of the pieces of the armor that that Roman soldier is wearing and he says, a Christian should be equipped like that. 
And we get to read those words right now. He says in verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then he finishes up in verse 19 by saying, and also for me. I want you to hear the pastoral heart of a brother imprisoned in chains, strapped to a Roman soldier, for which I am an ambassador. Look what he says in verse 19. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's unpack some of what we see here in this passage of scripture. Let me dive straight in. Point number one, we stand against powers, not against people. I wanna take a minute here. We don't stand against people. People are not our enemy. Powers are. So we don't stand against particular people. We stand against powers. I wanna take you back to verse 12. Look at verse 12. I think it's there. There we are. For we do not wrestle. This is so clear. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, if you have skin on, you're a human and you're not my enemy. Even if you and I disagree politically, you're not my enemy. If we disagree about other very important things like whether or not you should put sugar and cream in your coffee or drink it black like Jesus drinks it every morning. You're not my enemy if we disagree about that. You, you can drive a Ford and I can drive a, well, I drive a Ford. You can drive a Chevy and I can drive a Ford. We're gonna get along. You can be a Carolina fan and I can be a Clemson fan and you can be a Furman fan and you can be a Wofford fan. You're not my enemy. You're just not. We as a church believe this, we stand on this, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Who is our enemy? Well, Paul says it. He paints it very clearly. Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness and spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. 
Those are our enemies. Satan is highly organized. He has an entire army of, of cosmic powers that are, that are trying to attack our world and hurt us because we're made in the image of God. So if you ever feel yourself like I do sometimes, y- y'all have heard me say this before, I'm, I like to fight, I like to mix it up. I, I like, I've, I've always been that, that's how I'm wired. God has to remind me and restrain me all the time with Ephesians 6.12 to remind me people are not the problem, powers are the problem. Now, let me unpack this a little bit for you. When, when Satan himself fell from heaven, Lucifer, this archangel, fell from heaven, you can read about this in Ezekiel and in Isaiah, he was filled with pride and a third of the angels in heaven went with him. We don't have time to go into the history of who the devil is, but this shows us he's real. And if you don't believe the devil is real, then he's already halfway defeated you. If you don't believe that cosmic forces of evil exist, then he's got you right where he wants you. And I love the phrase that Paul uses here in verse 12, the the powers of this present darkness. Can Can we just all agree right now that if you open your eyes and look at our world, we're living in this present darkness. We're living in a dark world. Our world feels like if you spend a lot of time watching the news, which I would encourage you to watch less, just for your own spiritual health, for your own mental and emotional health. But as Christians, we have to be ready with the gospel. And if you look around at what's going on right now, the devil used to try to hide his schemes. Now, he is not hiding. It is in wide open view, in broad daylight, middle of the day. I mean, you can't watch a Grammy award show. You can't watch a, a concert. People literally dress up like the devil, put people in cages, mimic satanic things on television and we applaud them and they win awards. The devil is not even embarrassed or ashamed of the darkness that he is trying to force on our world. You know what God tells us? Stand firm, don't give an inch. Stand the ground like a child of God because we don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are evil forces at work trying to redefine basic human understanding of reality, trying to redefine what a marriage is, what a woman is, what a man is. This is not just coming from people, this is coming from powers. Satan wants to destroy everything God creates. Satan is not a creator, Satan is a counterfeiter. So all the good things that God makes, the way that God says, I make male and female and the two of you together can flourish, Satan wants to attack what God creates. He wants to counterfeit what God says is good and we're watching it happen right now. Church, this present darkness will not prevail over the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It cannot, it will not. We stand firm. We stand firm. And what we get to do as the people of God is to stand firm when we remember our battle is not against our neighbor. It's not against the other party, the other team. Our battle is against the powers of darkness. Number two, we stand armed. We stand armed. We have, you have an arsenal of spiritual battle gear 
so that you can stand firm and not give an inch to the devil. God has given you an arsenal. You have weaponry at your disposal, but it's not the kind of weapons we think about as Americans. These are different kinds of weapons. Let me just list them off for you. They're very simple. They're right there in the scripture, the belt of truth. So what does a belt do? Well, a belt holds up what you're wearing, but a belt also in those days covered the middle of your body, your intestines, your stomach. And in the scripture, emotions were always connected to your bowels. It's where you felt feelings. So the belt of truth, the truth of God's word is a defense to help you stand your ground when you're depressed, when you're sad, when you feel feelings and emotions of doom, when you feel isolated, when you've gone through a divorce and you feel like no one will ever love you again, when your mom and dad have just gotten a divorce or they've split up and you're blaming yourself, the belt of truth can protect your emotions from the attack of the enemy. We have the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate, what does it do? It covers our heart. Our hearts are unrighteous and wicked until we meet Jesus. And then when you give your life to Jesus, his righteousness gets given to you as a gift. It's just a gift of grace. Can't achieve it, you receive it. And what does that breastplate do? It protects your heart. You get the righteousness of Jesus. And then the next piece is the, the shoes of the gospel. The shoes of the gospel. Now, I'm, I'm wearing shoes today because shoes help you go places you couldn't go if you were barefooted. When you put your shoes on, it means you're getting ready. That's part of our armor. It means we're ready for ministry. Everywhere you go, have your feet ready, shoes of the gospel on your feet, whether you're in the post office or the YMCA or whether you're at a restaurant, this is part of our armor. Then the shield of faith. Faith, this shield that we throw up, it puts out, Paul says, the flaming darts of the enemy. When Satan throws ideas at you, thoughts at you, when you can't stop your mind from spinning, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't stop thinking about whatever that thing is you were thinking about, you know what that shield does? It puts out those fiery darts. The helmet of salvation. This is where thoughts oftentimes take over us and the helmet protects the most vital part of your body in battle, which is your head and that is salvation. We have the sword of the spirit. Hide God's word in your heart. This is a weapon. And finally, praying in the spirit. This is part of our weaponry, part of our arsenal. You can pray anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Prayers given to God in moments of need, prayers given to God in moments of celebration, prayer when you don't know what else to pray for and all you can muster up is, God help me. That's part of our arsenal. You see, the devil uses deception, distraction, and division to attack us. God has equipped us with an entire arsenal of defense. We'll be back in just a minute to finish this message. But before we do, I wanted to invite you to pray for us and even attend our 26th annual Crossroads Winter Conference. It's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This is a student event for middle school and high school students. And it's gonna be Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. It's gonna be Friday, January the 12th through Sunday, January the 14th. This is an amazing student weekend, a big conference with thousands of kids from all over the Southeast. And we'd love for you to come. I'll be preaching there. My wife, Shari, will be there. Our son, Jacob, will be there. Great worship from folks like Charlie Botrago. Great speakers, amazing fellowship. 
It's gonna be awesome. Go to crossroadswinterconference.com for more information. Crossroadswinterconference.com and you can register your students right now for our winter conference this January in Gatlinburg. Number three, we stand strong in Christ. This is how we stand firm. We don't do it in the power of our flesh. We do it by the power of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. Paul says it in plain text right here. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is how we stand. We don't just white knuckle our way through. We go to Jesus for strength. We take the strength that Jesus showed us on the cross. How strong was Jesus that not only did he live a perfect life, never committed a single sin, but when he had an opportunity to defend himself, he did not because he knew the cross was the plan for our salvation. Jesus in his weakness as a man showed us how strong we can be. Paul would say this in Corinthians, when I am weak, that's when his strength is made perfect. So when you feel weak this week, when you feel weak this year, when you feel like you cannot stand firm another second, think about Jesus. It's a trick I've learned, not even a trick, I'm sorry, it's a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline I've learned that when I'm weak, when I'm tired, when I haven't slept well, when I'm emotional, when I'm feeling all of the feelings of the world and all of the darkness creeping in on me and I'm watching war happen all over the world and I'm watching political upheaval happen all over the world and I'm asking myself, how are we, the church, how am I gonna stand strong? I think about Jesus on the cross. I think about what Jesus did for us. His strength is how we stand. Satan violently opposes us. And here's why I believe one of the reasons we oftentimes give ground to the devil, we don't realize how much he fears our gifts. One of the reasons why Satan violently opposes the church, and one of the reasons why Satan wants to keep us all divided from each other, separated on secondary issues is because the devil knows that when the Holy Spirit comes into the life of a believer at salvation, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. Everybody at this church, every single campus, you have gifts, spiritual gifts. It may be preaching, it may be teaching. Maybe you've got the gift of encouragement or the gift of hospitality. Maybe you've got the gift of, of generosity. Maybe you've got an ability to open up the Bible and just teach people what it means. Satan does not want you to use that gift. So you know what he does? He keeps us addicted to entertainment. He keeps us distracted by pleasure. He keeps us divided along lines of everything of under the sun. And as long as he can keep us divided, distracted, we're not using our gifts, the kingdom of God doesn't advance, he gets to push inch by inch by inch. One of the ways that we stand firm, one of the ways that we hold the line, one of the ways that we stand our ground is by putting our spiritual gifts to use, by encouraging people with our words, by giving money, by tithing, by volunteering on a Sunday, by walking over to that neighbor that kept you up till 1.30 shooting off bottle rockets and inviting them to church or taking them a dessert. Man, listen, there are so many ways that we can use those gifts and Satan doesn't want you to use them not a single time. So use the gifts that God has given you. Don't give him an inch. You stand strong in Christ. And finally, number four, we stand strong together. 
we stand strong together. We can't stand firm if we're divided. We can't stand firm if we're isolated. We need each other. Look at what Paul says in verse 18. He literally says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for who? All the saints. We need each other. We need all the saints. We have to work as a team because Satan has powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. They are organized, they are efficient, they are effective. I played high school football at Hillcrest and 1990, uh, November of 1990 was our last game and we weren't even gonna make the playoffs. We, we were a mediocre team at best. The last series of the last game I ever played football in high school. We were playing Eastside High School in Greenville and we were up eight to six. They had the ball on the two yard line. It was fourth and goal on the two yard line with five seconds. I'm talking like this is a Friday Night Lights episode if you ever saw one. And I'm on defense. I'm playing defensive end on the right side. And we had this goal line defense. And you know what we would do? Every guy would get up on the, on the line and when we would typically line up, we would leave a gap between our feet. But on goal line defense, I could hear Coach Price from the sidelines yelling. We would put our feet literally right, touching each other, right beside each other. And we all got down in a four point stance and from the sideline, I can hear Coach Price yelling, I will never forget this. Hold the line, don't give an inch. 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 And they snapped the ball and we dug in and we held the line and we literally did not give an inch and we stopped them on fourth and goal. The, 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 the clock runs out, the, the, bells, the bells and the buzzers go off, the crowd's screaming and we won. We didn't even go to the playoffs, but we won. We won that game because we held the line. You know how we did it? Together. With our feet literally planted on that ground, touching our brother beside us. If you wanna stand firm in Christ, if you're tired of being swept back and forth by every wave, if you're tired of being up and then down, happy and then sad, if you're tired of getting worked up over things that don't really matter except in the moment, but in eternity you miss the big things, here's how you can stand firm. Just come together with the people of God. Stand firm side by side with your sisters and your brothers. Be here on Sunday, eat meals together, fellowship at school, sit together in the cafeteria. If you have one other believer at your school, you can stand together with that believer. And then we can stand firm. We can hold the line by God's grace. I hope this has encouraged you, especially the end of the message, to live in community with your brothers and sisters in Christ. One thing I've noticed post COVID is that so many folks that I knew for years that were faithful to church have had a hard time getting back into that weekly rhythm of attending church gatherings. And listen, I know that God doesn't live in a church building and the church is the people of God, but the church is also the assembled people of God. 
In other words, I just believe that you and I were not designed by God to stand alone. So if you want to stand firm, if you want to hold the line, if you want to be faithful to Jesus Christ, it is so important that you have friendships with brothers and sisters in Christ, that you meet with them regularly, that you're sitting underneath the authority of the preached and taught Word of God in a local church. So listen, if you've found it difficult to get back into church after you watched online for a while, or maybe you got hurt or someone hurt your feelings, ask God to give you the grace to let that go, forgive it, move past it, deal with it, maybe confront it, but to get back into church. And if you're in church, stay there because staying in church with the people of God is how you grow in your strength and it's how you can stand firm with your brothers and sisters. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend, or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, check us out at ClaytonKing.com.